Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the Common English Bible. Our first reading for today comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 4b through 22. On the day the Lord God made earth and sky, before any wild plants appeared on the earth, and before any field crops grew, because the Lord God hadn't yet sent rain on the earth, and there was still no human being to farm the fertile land. Though a stream rose from the earth and watered all of the fertile land, the Lord God formed the human from the topsoil of the fertile land and blew life's breath into his nostrils. The human came to life. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put there the human he had formed. In the fertile land, the Lord God grew every beautiful tree with edible fruit, and also he grew the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows from Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides into four headwaters. The name of the first river is the Pishon. It flows around the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. That land's gold is pure, and the land also has sweet-smelling resins and gemstones. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It flows around the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris, flowing east of Assyria, and the name of the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the Garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the human, Eat or fill from all the garden's trees, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because on the day you eat from it, you will die. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that the human is alone. I will make him a helper that is perfect for him. So the Lord God formed the fertile land, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and brought them to the human to see what he would name them. The human gave each living being its name. The human named all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But a helper, perfect for him, was nowhere to be found. So the Lord God put the human into a deep and heavy sleep and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh over it. With the rib taken from the human, the Lord God fashioned a woman and brought her to the human being. Our second reading for today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Next, I saw under the sun something else that was pointless. There are people who are utterly alone, with no companions, not even a child or a sibling. Yet they work hard without end, never satisfied with their wealth. So for whom am I working so hard and depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is pointless and a terrible obsession. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their hard work. If either should fall, one can pick up the other. But how miserable are those who fall and don't have a companion to help them up? Also, if two lie down together, they can stay warm, but how can anyone stay warm alone? Also, one can be overpowered, but two together can put up resistance. A three-ply cord doesn't easily snap. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
for the last message in our series on self-care, we come to take a friend. And this is a sort of culmination of all the different self-care messages that we have had in this series. And I took a look at two different readings for today that helped to get the point across that we don't do this alone. And the first I'm using in a way that people might not be used to. We often look to the second chapter of Genesis for the creation story, and we see many different things in it. It's a popular reading for people thinking about marriage and companionship, but I was thinking about this and wondering, how do we equate this scripture reading with fighting loneliness? As I was thinking about this idea that we aren't meant to be alone, I kept coming back to this reading. And the reason was that in everything that comes across in this story of man alone in the garden, the only human being, it's a quest to find companionship, to find help. All sorts of things are tried, but nothing's quite the same as having someone else around. When I read this account, I couldn't help but think that it was really a story about how people are not meant to be isolated and alone, but that people are meant to be together. We hear that repeated in our reading from Ecclesiastes, which can often come across as a little sour and a little discontented, but there's a strong truth in our selection for today. What we get there is that there's no point in people being isolated and alone, that two are better than one, that when one falls, the other can pick up their companion, that everything is better when you've got company. And I think this one really hit home after this last year with so much distance and isolation. And the point that's made in both of these readings is that we aren't meant to face things alone. When we look at this through the issues of self-care that we have addressed in this Take Care series, it all fits in. Often it's someone else that helps us to recognize that we need to take a step back from everything to be away from the crowds. We rely on others to help us when we need to take a break to be able to recover, to be able to have somebody help us along the way. And we also know it's easier to take responsibility when we have somebody to help us recognize our own mistakes. We keep each other accountable for our actions. And then even when we take time alone, we can take time alone with others. That sometimes we just need to be away from all the hustle and bustle and spend that time just with the people we care about the most and the people that help us to be our best. Sometimes just being alone together. And when we take advice, we take advice from others who understand our situation and understand what it is we are going through. 
And on the flip side of all that, we can be the one to help others to recognize when they need to step away and take a break. We can help others recognize when they've made a mistake and when they need to atone for it. We can help others recognize when they just need time to recenter themselves and be alone. We can give advice to those in need. But it all comes back to the idea that we need to be able to take a friend on the journey. And we see this in Christ. Christ didn't travel alone, but had people that were there as apostles and disciples and as helpers and as followers. But we also see Christ with friends. When he visits Martha and Mary, he's visiting friends. When he weeps over Lazarus, it's not out of losing a follower. It's out of losing a friend. When he goes to see Martha and Mary, he's visiting his friends to enjoy their company. Jesus knew the importance of having friends. People he could count on, at least to be there. Because he knew people could let him down. Something we all have to understand. But that they would try and they would be there. And that often that's enough. We see it when Paul sets out. Paul goes out with companions for his travels and make, for, makes friends in the places he goes. Paul enjoys being able to travel with others. We see it with the prophets. When we talked about Elijah... When we see Elijah in his time of need, one of the things that helps him to come back is a friend in Elijah. I think it's important that we be able to recognize that we aren't meant to do this alone. God doesn't want us to do this alone. God knows we need companionship and that we need each other to be able to do what God needs us to do. I say this for all the reasons I've already stated, but also because it really just isn't good for us to be alone because we get lonely. We get depressed. It becomes difficult. We need people to talk to, even if it's just somebody to be there to share our company. I know I've had many times where I can sit down with a friend and say nothing for a long period of time and just be comforted in their presence. That's important. Because it lets us be the best that we can be so that we can be the best followers of Christ that we can be. Because we can't be true disciples alone. We need each other. To hold each other accountable, to help each other, to lift each other up. It's an important aspect of who we are, and it is an important part of who we are in Christ. And so we need to be able to recognize that we need each other in one form or another, that we help each other in so many ways. I really wanted to finish this series 
with this point. Because it does tie everything else in. It brings us to this final bit of truth about self-care that we can very easily miss because of our focus on self. Self-care isn't something that you just do by yourself, for yourself. Self-care is something that we do for ourselves and for each other. That without it, we aren't the disciples we could be, and God knows it. So the next time that we think about the way we care for ourselves and the way that we care for others, we should remember that those things are intertwined. That we don't do one thing to help others and another to help ourselves. Often the things that we do whether it's to help ourselves or to help someone else, the things we do to help others help us. And all the things that other people do to help themselves help us when we are doing it right. Because it makes us better people. And it makes us better companions. It makes us more loving and more graceful. We help each other in Christ's love and in Christ's care that when we reflect Christ's compassion, it helps us internally. Our hearts are made lighter and we don't carry burdens with us. That when we're able to let go of anger and resentment, that we don't carry grudges. That it's better for us and it's better for the people around us. And when we can be a good example of how to do that, we help others to be better disciples. And when we surround ourselves with people who are becoming better disciples of Christ, we become better disciples of Christ. That we become better followers and we learn to be servant leaders. Both in how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. I encourage you to reflect on what it is you do to take care of yourself. And think about how that impacts your life and how it impacts others. I want you to think about ways that you may not be taking care of yourself. And think, too, of how that impacts you and how it impacts others. Think about the ways that you strive to help others. And think about the ways that it improves your life. That it improves your heart. That it makes it well with your soul. And know that God has meant for us to be together. That just as we are of one body, redeemed by one blood, that we are one people in Christ. If we do not take care of ourselves, we cause the body to hurt. When we do not take care of each other, we cause the body to hurt. But when we do take care of ourselves and each other, that we grow in love and compassion and mercy and grace. And we find that all our lives are better when we learn to love each other and to love ourselves in the grace of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.